0: Amen. Well, it's great to be here, and uh, so Lord, we just pray that you release us now in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 But today I want to talk to you about stepping up, really finding how things work. One of the the key aspects of living your life in light of success in the Word of God is making sure that you understand God's keys and how they work. And... uh, and we're, we're committed to that here. Now, to be honest with you, when you first come to church, or maybe you'll be here a while, there are some of those keys that you don't like. And you know what I'm talking about. And I'm not just talking about giving. I'm talking about holy and righteous decisions, uh, all kinds of decisions that we have to make in light of the Word of God. And when we first give our lives to Christ, some of those are more difficult. You know, the longer you serve Him, many times the, the easier it gets, and you understand how the keys work. And so uh, God has miraculously built this uh, lovely new building. Uh, it won't be too long before size-wise it will be inadequate, but we're going to be very clever on how that works. Uh, Pastor Chad and Pastor Josh and the team in Salt Lake uh, are now in three Sunday morning services, uh, 930, no, not, it not, 9.30, 11, and 12.30. And now they're looking at starting a fourth service. And, uh, and even if they have to a fifth service. But at some point, what you build can become inadequate. There are keys, things that you need to do. And we want to we talk about arising and building. I, lo- I love Nehemiah. But I want to direct your attention here and, and just think how sometimes we can get comfortable in levels of our lives and not move to the next level. Nehemiah was a slave kid who arose to a very significant position as cupbearer to King Artaxerxes. And uh, so he he moved from being a slave, being taken in captivity when Israel had backslidden. So here's this young man sold in slavery, ripped away from his family, taken to uh, this uh, ancient kingdom as a slave, and he rose to a position of of feeding the king and testing his food, which doesn't sound overly significant, but it really was then because they used to try to poison these old monarchs. And whoever was in charge of that food source was extremely important. If they weren't loyal, he could slip uh, poison into the food. He, was, he had to taste all of the food and they would wait to see that he lived and then they would eat it. But he had gained such favor with the king that, and he had such a heart for the place that he was dragged away from for the backslidden state of, of, of the city of God and, and God's people. And so one of the things that happens whenever you have and you're a part of a church or, you're, or you individually are thinking, uh, I really want to reach people for Christ. I, I really, really want to reach people for Christ. If you attend a church like that, there's always going to be challenges, there's always going to be needs. There's always going to be expansion. There's always going to be movement. But I want to be a part of something that's exciting. How about you? So Nehemiah had, had heard how bad things were. And I want to tell you what, it doesn't take long reading the newspaper. It doesn't take long listening to the evening news. Now Salt Lake City is a, in Utah is another country in the United States of America owned and operated by the LDS Church. And they have a lot of good principles, a lot of principles that are very Uh, similar to our principles. But the city's growing like wild, and uh, there's murder and crime. Utah's number one in child abuse, number one in spousal abuse, Uh, just all kinds of abuse. But all of that stuff is going on in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Gangs are rising up. There's just uh, things have changed. You don't leave your door open anymore, and you get nervous if you didn't lock your door when you left. And what, what really is needed are churches that are going to challenge people to be the, the best that they can be. And then with that will come more and more people, and with that comes the need for expansion and, uh, and the need to finish up projects. So Nehemiah goes to the king, and, and he was sad, and the king said, you've never been sad in my presence before. I get a kick out of that because he had been there about 13 years. How many of you could say every day you went to work for the last 13 years, you had a smile on your face, and you were just so happy to be there, and you never grumbled or complained. Not too many of you, I'm afraid. I mean, I've been around church staffs, and they grumble and complain, and are you there? Well, there was a reason for that, though. He didn't want to look sad because the king might think he was planning to kill him. But the point was he presented a need to the king. He said, I've got to go back, and I've got to rebuild. And he stepped out on a limb. And because he had been faithful, because he had been a man of God in the midst of difficult search situations, and that, there's the key to this whole thing, God is looking for men and women of God in the midst of difficult situations, difficult workplaces, difficult neighborhoods, difficult uh, pulls that are going on. You have that polarizing pull that's going on now. Just read the yard signs. Hello? Some of you, are you sleeping today? But all of it says to us today is, let's find out how things work. And so... God miraculously released the resources to Nehemiah to go back and do it. And I want to tell you today, God will miraculously release to you the resources you need for your family, the resources you need to get through if you just trust Him. And and that's, that's what I want to encourage you with today. Now, we're not talking today about tithing. I mean, it's so funny. A lot of people will tell me, well, I'm a tither. Well, okay. They think if they give five bucks a week, they're tithing because they hook uh, the word tithe with the offerings. How many know what the tithe is? Well, you know what it is. I won't have you raise your hand and ask you how many do it. But it's the first 10% of what you're given. Because the Bible says, and that's one of the keys, the Bible says that the first tenth of our money is not ours. So you you can't give what's not yours. You know, I can't go out in the parking lot and grab the keys to John's car and say, well, I'm going to give this car to Mary Rue. Could I do that? No, because it's not mine. You can't give what's not yours. So the Bible says that the tithe is God's. And when you honor God with it, a lot of things happen. Now, there are those that preach that when you do that, you're going to get a lot of money and all this other thing. Well, I believe God wants to meet your needs, but I think he's looking for obedience. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. And then, when you and this is what arise and build is about, and this is why why I believe that we have these kinds of needs. You know, God could have, God could provide some other way. And we were fortunate enough that we were given the land for this church. That's pretty nice. And I, I twisted his arm a little bit and showed him why he should do that, and he you know, he, he fell over and did it. But he didn't fall over, but he thought about it. <laughs> and uh, but the reality is, uh, in the midst of of programs like this. And, and the Bible says in Malachi to bring all the tithes into the storehouse and the offerings. Now, the tithe's God, but then he says when you bring in the offerings that he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out upon you a blessing that you don't have room to receive. Now, that can be finances, but it can be other things. And I think a lot of times it's a lot of other things. And you know what? One of the things about being uh, uh, getting old other than things that have moved to different places. You know, this, this used to be higher up here. Right there. We won't go into the other anatomy things, but I'm just telling you. Getting, you know, so that stuff happens, but if, you, if you've got a long, wide scope of Christianity, you've seen times in your life when you've had to, you've needed a, a, just a dose of forgiveness. Uh, we might, Pastor Dale might be here a week from next Sunday. He's, trying to, he's doing a, a marriage in, uh, in Denver, and he's trying to arrange to fly in here. And he will come in and preach that, messi- that message. It's not fair. It, it's, I'm telling you what, you should crawl over whatever's in your way to get here that Sunday because it will answer so many questions about things that have happened in your life that seem so unfair, so terrible. Doesn't change the fact that some of those things are terrible, but he'll, he'll really biblically show you how God really can answer that question. Now, these last five years in in our life have been quite interesting. Due to a number of circumstances, I've had to reinvent myself. And, you know, they say change is harder the older you get. Are you with me? might be some truth to that, but I think that's a mindset too. I think we can keep changing. I think we can keep adapting at every level of our life. And, and, and so we really had to, to make some changes, and we had to make some decisions in our life in the area of giving, offerings. I'm not talking about, you see, the tithe is God's. Okay, when I, when I funnel that through, and I hand it over, it isn't like, wow, I'm a giver. No, wow, I'm being obedient to do what God said I should do. All right? But so the last five years, Jen and I literally have had to give when I say had, no, I'm not going to use the word had. Have given about 95% of everything we had saved over 40 years. Doesn't make any sense at our age. Are, are you there? But the fruit of that, by sacrificial giving, that really wasn't even a sacrifice to see the kingdom go forward. And then what that, what, when you give above uh, the basics... Above the, the, just the faithful level, God does miraculous things. He does things you've never even imagined. He opens doors. He opens things for you. But the most important thing for all of us in this whole program. Now, I said God could choose a different way. You've heard me say this if you've heard me preach before. God could cut a hole in the ceiling. Today you'd have to be careful because it's been raining. Drop a big old chunk of gold. in. And... Now, here's the deal. I could still have all that money in the bank. Are, are you with me? I could um, not have had to reinvent myself, which I think my reinvented me is better than my other me. But here's the deal. As you get older, my mom's sitting here. A lot of her family is in church here today. That's worth more than all the money you can put in the bank. And I remember the times when we would, would, would make gifts above our income, and way above, and have to believe God by faith. And our kids watch that. That is such a tremendous piece in this training up a child, and when, they, when they're old, they'll not depart from it. And so, as you think of this whole thing, you think of the keys. When you get saved, God hands you forgiveness, and he opens up everything to you. And now he gives you, God's not pushy, uh, I'm a little pushy, but God's not pushy. No, I wouldn't be pushy. But. So he says, you know what? You can open the door to a lot of blessings by being faithful, being in church, having your family here. You can open up, up, up other doors by uh, following basic Christian steps. Are, are you tracking with me a little bit here? Are you getting the point? And any time you arbitrarily choose not to use one of God's keys because you don't like the cost of opening that particular door. It will come back and it will bite you at some point. Mark my words. And see, here's the thing about a church like this. We are really called to shoot you straight. Now, I will tell you this. No matter what you do, Pastor Ryan, Pastor Mary, Pastor Lori, whatever, as the team grows here, We're going to love you if you take money out of the offering. We're going to love you and take care of your kids if you never help support the building one little bit. If you never buy a roll of sod for the outside, we will love you just as much as someone who might do the whole deal for us. But we have to stand before God. Think about that for a minute. There was a... uh, I have a message I haven't preached it for years called Five Things to Do If You Miss the Rapture. You know, at some point, the Bible says the trump of God's going to sound, dead in Christ are going to be raised first, and then we're going to be caught away to meet the Lord in the air. And this movie was on the rapture, and one of the key characters, it was after the church was caught away, and those that were left were those who didn't accept Christ, or turned their back on him, or didn't, you know, just, ah, it's a bunch of bunk, it really isn't real, you know what I mean? And it focused on this pastor who Uh, really didn't believe any of it. I don't even know why I was a pastor. And the agony, and and the actor did a great job. He would sit reading his Bible saying, why didn't I see this? Why didn't I do that? And I mean, you could just feel the pain. Now, it was an acting situation. But see, here's the deal, friends. When I get to heaven, I don't want God to say to me, Arnie, you didn't preach it because you were worried about people would think. You didn't take those stands with your kids because it wasn't real popular. And I know my kids walked out of our house, and they think, well, they did some of the stuff anyhow, but you know what I mean? I took the stands. I stood there. And if you want to step up, if you really want to step up and make it happen, you, you've got to remove this obstacle. And I think that God chose giving in particular because it's such a, uh, you know, we sort of cling to the green. Or try to, and some of you don't cling to it. You let it fly so fast that that you got another problem. Are you there? Uh, I want you to turn with me just for a minute or two to the New Testament book of 2 Corinthians, uh, chapter eight, verse one. It says, "Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia." Now, if you study the churches of Macedonia, were were and in poverty at that time. In the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. In other words, in the worst of conditions, they were liberal. Um, and you know, we our, our kids really have never understood that. I was uh, taking my... Uh, grandson, Colin, to a Utah jazz game. Gotten a couple of free tickets. They were good tickets. And he had never been to a jazz game, so we parked downtown Salt Lake and walked over to Energy Solutions Arena. And when we were walking up, there was a, a guy begging for money, you know, standing there, you know, disheveled. And we got about 20 yards from him, and Colin said, Papa, what, what does he need? And I took a couple dollars out of my pocket. And I d- probably went and bought a bottle of cheap wine with it. I don't know. But I wanted to teach Colin something. I said, so Colin had this money, and he walked up to the guy, and he handed him these $2 bills. And uh, it, it really overwhelmed this guy. I mean, you could just see he was touched at this little kid. you know I'm sure he figured like, he got it from me. But the point is, on the other hand, wouldn't it have been interesting if we walked up and looked like he was the one that was wanting something and he would reach in his pocket and hand us something. Our first response would be, no, 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 I don't want to take it. I was in Africa preaching and I was, it was out in the bush. I mean, natural geographic. I mean, I was in this little hut and it was packed with people and they were sitting all over and I preached. And uh, when we got done, the missionary said to me, now they're going to give you something. He said, make sure you take it. And I said, well, I don't need anything for these people. And they gave me two chickens and so, a bag of rice. And then we, then we went to his, his parsonage hut and uh, they had some rice and some stuff there and uh, Chuck Wilson, our staff missionary in our church in Oregon says, he said, Pastor Arnie said, uh, be careful when you chew. There might be rocks in there, or little pieces of gravel. But I never will forget ever in my life walking to the Speed the Light vehicle and tying that bag with the two chickens and putting the rice in. And then we, we had gone about or 15 miles, and we stopped at another village, and we gave the two chickens and the rice away. Your, your, your thing is, is at every level of our life, we need to learn to be givers. We need to live to give when we don't think we have it, and when we really get it, we need to give, because that will open up room for God's blessings. And, and so, so Paul is saying, man, I'm blown away by this. I'm blown away by it. Imploring that with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And he just, he's so overwhelmed. And see, God has set this thing up so that you can have overwhelming experiences at whatever level you are in your walk with Christ. Then the ninth chapter and the fifth verse says, Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren. Turn to someone and say, I exhort you. I just sort of lift you up. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare a generous gift beforehand which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not with grudging obligation. So in a few minutes, we're going to come to the front, we're going to give our offerings. In a few minutes, we're going to ask you in a couple of levels, if you need to, to move by faith to, to make a commitment to give for the next year for a rise and build, do that. If you can say, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna give a generous offering. God has blessed me, he's blessed my life, he's blessed my finances. And, and I, it goes back, it just popped in my head. I remember going into America First Credit Union with, uh, with my son. All this stuff was happening Financially in our lives, and I remember writing a check for $120,000 when we opened the checking account for City Church in Salt Lake City. I'm 60 years old, and that was only the beginning of what the next three years would. But you know what? I'm happy today. I haven't missed any meals. We live in a nice home, drive older cars now, at least uh, getting old. But, you know, it doesn't matter because when you give that gift, and I didn't give it, it was a joyful thing to do, and it got more and more exciting as we went along. Could you uh, get me my ladder, please? I'm not quite tall enough, so I need a ladder. to. I want to talk to you today about stepping up. Stepping up. Okay, arise rise and build, a rise and build, however you want to say it. In fact, Nehemiah, when he got to Jerusalem, he checked out everything. I think maybe some of you, this is, this is where you are and you're stepping up to give. Oh, I get so excited about this. And as I've climbed that ladder of giving, the joy that has come to my life. Now, I will be honest with you. There are a few times in the middle of the night when I go, oh, boy, what did you do, you stupid fool? And I say, devil, get thee behind me. You know what I mean? This last Easter, we had four services in Salt Lake, 7 o'clock, 9.30. They had four Christmas Eve services. And all these people are rolling in and getting saved. And you know what? I had a part in that. Kathy Tun had a part in it. Some of you have given to the church. When you get involved in this thing for God, we, we have to get the landscaping in. We've got to add some parking. We've, we've got to position this place, and, and uh, we're going to work hard. And if it takes four or five services on a weekend, we've got our eye on that land kitty corner over there. And uh, this building was even designed to sell. So someday you might be bringing your kids here to a child care thing. Hello? Are you there? And maybe we'll just run it. Who knows? Huh? Give them Christian child care. And, but see, what I'm saying is, If if we're ever going to get there, each of us, to our level of ability and beyond, have to step up. Now, you see, this is uh, Ryan and Hope's little step-up ladder because Hope's not real tall and she needs this in her closet. You know, she has to step up to reach some things, And then probably gets on the top step. But I believe one of the great keys... To having you all experience all God would want for you and and s- things begin to happen. Now let me just tell you, in our giving over the years, and even though I was well compensated and all of those things as as the church grew and other things, is I could always go to God and say, When Chad always gets mad at I me, mean, it's not this big thing, but when I far, when I found the cigarettes underneath the seat of his car, not you know, maybe you're here and you smoke. Well, God bless you, but, you know, you're killing yourself, you know. I just didn't want my kid to kill, him, kill himself early. And there was some other rebellion that was hooked to that. Every once in a while, I'd go check his CDs. What is this garbage? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'd get really frustrated, though, sometimes. And, I mean, I got so frustrated one time. I'm, I had him in our family room. Sherry and I just got in his... 17-year-old face and its chin was quivering and tears started to come, I was just brow beating the daylights out of him. Then I would apologize, but I would say, son, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. And then when he wasn't watching and whatever he was pulling or whatever Brooke was pulling, I would say, God, I'm just your servant here, and you've given me a handful of keys and I've opened up those doors. And we've done what you said we should do. Now I'm calling in my markers. Are you there? Now come on now. Now we should start getting excited. Um, there's a book called The Greatest Salesman. There's a story in there that I want to illustrate. Some of you might have heard it. In fact, I read it again in one of Joe Simon's things. And I'm, I'm going to tell you about it. It's supposed to be a true story. But there was this king who had this kingdom. It wasn't a real large kingdom, but, you know, a good-sized kingdom. And it had like four or five roads that would make their way into the kingdom. And so uh, he had this brilliant idea of taking a a relatively good-sized boulder and placing it in the middle of one of the key roads that were coming in. And then he and a few of his mighty men of valor were able to hide and watch how people responded to the boulder in the road. And what he found was this. He found some of his uh, kingdom when they would drive in in their chariots or or, it was was hard to get around, that they would would go around and they would take their time and make sure they didn't tip their chariot and make sure their horse was carefully go around. Then there were some of the others in his kingdom that would come and stop and look at that boulder and say, what kind of king do we have? that he would allow that kind of obstacle in the road. So you had people that went around the obstacle. You had people that complained about the obstacle. And then there was a peasant who came carrying a load of vegetables to take to the market. He stopped and looked at the boy. It would have been easy for him to go around it, but he put down his vegetables and started to try to get the rock out of the way. Difficult. Found something that he could use to sort of horse it out of the way and eventually he got the boulder out of the road. He turned back to pick up his load of vegetables and he looked and laying there and it had been under the obstacle was a pouch and he opened up the pouch and it was filled with gold coins. Literally a king's ransom. And there was a note from the king. To whoever removes the obstacles. You can keep all of this gold and be blessed. You see, we have a little bit higher ladder here. And a lot of you in your giving, maybe you've gotten to here. Or maybe to here. But some people are frightened of heights. How I many you know what I mean? And, and there's obstacles in everything that's good in our lives. And I will tell you today, and I, and I believe God established it this way. To be honest with you, as a minister, I wish he would cut a hole, drop the gold, and I wouldn't have to preach a message like this. Are you there? The Bible says he owns cattle on a thousand hills. We're just passing through. That house you live in, someone else is going to live in it. Right? At some, some point. But that big obstacle... And it really is an obstacle for you to experience all God wants you to have. It's an obstacle that will help you be able to say to God, God, I have been a faithful steward. And little Billy Bob or little Chatty Bob or Brookie Bob or whatever your kid's Bob name might be, is they're going to serve God. And and it can be finances. It can be living vicariously through your kids, thinking that they're going to be the next Aaron Rodgers whatever it might be you need not to walk around it not to complain about it but get involved arise and build arise and build you see in the word arise if you take the a off what's left rise give me, give me you can sit back down you know, it's easy to stay down God wants you to get up, get trusting, get believing. And when it doesn't make sense, and there probably has never been a segment in my life that has made no sense in the natural like these last five years, but it's been the greatest five years. It's been a time when, and and I was telling Jan, when we were riding up here, we had a significant bill, it's 3500 bucks that's significant how many would agree 3500 that's that's it's not a it's a pretty good sized rock and i was able to pay it and i i really thought where did that money come from it's like god just sort of said you know what i'm going to take care of you that's how he operates i want to challenge you here today and there're probably people that didn't won't come today cuz they knew we were going to raise money that just shows you that's a big rock in their in their in their path you've known if you've come here consistently, if you're visiting, you you don't don't feel like you have to give or whatever. But see, that's how big that is. There are people that will leave churches because they talk about tithing and offering, and the devil goes, because I've taken one big weapon out of their hands that at some point they can use. The pressing need right now is we've got to get the landscaping done. The reality is we've got those kinds of things to do uh, there's some other things in the building here that need to be done. And it isn't important where we spend the money. The important thing is, is that you say, you know what? I'm going to do something. Now I will say this. If you're here and you're not a biblical tither, we don't want to get step two in front of step one. Even if you fill this out and said, you know, I'm going to become a tither, that will be a great commitment at this Point in your Christian walk, but if you but if you want to just say, you know, we're going to stretch, we're going to do something special. The landscaping is ten thousand dollars. If someone wants to pay for that, God bless you. We got the kitchen to get done. We've got uh, other equipment. We really need to get another monitor up here so that when you don't have to go to the chiropractor after worship to get your head turned back. You know what I'm saying? Are you there? I mean, you know, your worship like this, you know, you have to get your get your head back in the middle. Uh, Gary Schneider is a, a good friend of mine. In fact, it was his wife's birthday yesterday. I had my dog out for a walk in my old neighborhood because she wanted to go for a walk. It was a memory walk. And Kiki's birthday, she's talking to her mother in Germany. She runs up Pastor Arnie. And he works for Campus Crusade for Christ. It's a different name now. Is it okay if I tell you what? So he went to Chicago uh, this last week. He raised his money for Campus Crusade for Christ he sat down with a man who had given a $25,000 gift in the past to Campus Crusade for Christ. And uh, Gary said, this year would be great if you give $200,000. Now you know this guy's got to be a Christian, (laughs) right? If it was just a typical, boom, i gonna slap you. And the guy said, well, no one's ever asked me, but I can do that. See, I'm asking you today to do something that you've never done before. To step out. Not so we can get projects done. That's just going to be a small benefit. The big benefit is that you can stand up to your kids and to your family and say, God got us through. Prove me now. The only scripture where the Bible asks us to prove God is in the area of giving. The first time I really got into this, I was pastoring in Salt Lake City years ago. And we're going to let you make a commitment. And I don't recommend anybody does this. But we, didn't, we, didn't, we had just moved there. We had barely got in our, in our house. We didn't have any money. I mean, we had enough to get by. We didn't have anything in the bank. I borrowed $5,000 to give to a building. Don't do that. But God told me to do it, and it, was a, a, it started a miraculous chain of events through the years as we have become givers. And I think even some of those early times in giving, one when I was a, a youth pastor at Bethel Tabernacle, and they paid me $130 a week, and I had to pay everything out of that, housing, everything. And a missionary came, and, and it was a five-week month, and we budgeted on a four-week month. I closed my eyes, and I saw my $130 paycheck written on the back of my eye. You know what I mean? And we had planned to go out to eat, and she was going to get an outfit, and I was going to buy a new suit. You could buy a new suit back then for 50 bucks, $35. bucks. i am older than dirt. And, and, but that started another thing where I did something. Let your kids do something. I mean, if those Macedonians could give when they were in extreme poverty. So I, I want you to just take a moment and pray. And we're going to prepare our offerings. And today, even if you don't put a thing and bring your offering up, we have the baskets here on the stage. And we're just going to pray that you're going to step. Some of you are going to make your first steps. That's okay. You've got to make the first steps. And some of you are going to say, you know, I made, a, I made a step. I've been a tither and I've given some offerings. But I'm, I'm going to move up the ladder. I am. I'm, going to, I'm just going to step out and trust God. Why don't you spend a moment. Maybe you've already made your decision. Fill it out. Put it on here. Maybe that decision will be to be a tither, a biblical steward. Then next year when a rising bill comes, you can say, oh, man, God got us through and blessed us in that area. Now he can move us to another level. Do something. You see, when I told you one of the good things about getting older and being at this a long time, I can tell you this. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Are you ready? Stand up. I want to pray for you. And in my spirit, I see someone, and I'm not doing this manipulatively because I I hate that kind of thing, I see someone that God is speaking to do something that they have never done before. And the word from God is, if you're obedient, I will bless you. That's a word from God for you. I don't know who it is. It's for you. Father, I thank you today for Life Church, And Lord, as we continue to bring leadership in so many different levels and, and partner with other churches to get better about being the best that we can be, Lord, down on the lower level are little kids that are part of families of people sitting in this room. Lord, there could be great preachers and teachers and surgeons and and, uh, great factory workers and great everything down there. But what will really make them great is if mom and dad continue to raise them for God and set a biblical standard and use all the keys of the Bible to accomplish it. Amen. So I want you to come and dodge the ladders and drop in your commitment cards and drop in your offerings today. And If you're visiting here, don't, don't feel like you have to participate. But if you're here today and, and, and you, you, you brought your tithes or your offerings, we just want you to come forward and, 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 and put it in the front. So come and worship and, and bring, your, bring your, your offerings and your tithes. And if you can't give, we love you. We appreciate you. Praise the Lord. Come on, smile. This isn't painful. With everything. I will shout. Sing it with us before you go. Sing it when you come. With everything. With everything. with this last little story. When I was talking to Ken Gobb last night hotel room in Salt Lake City when I preached in Yakima about six months ago I met his son Dan. He was one of the top currency traders in the world. Top currency traders. Made millions and millions and millions of dollars for people. One of their staff members took me out. He was new about a year and a half or two years in the church. And I said, did you buy a home? He said, yeah. I said, how'd you do it? And you just got here. and They lost money on their other home when they moved. He said, Dan Gobb wrote me a check for the down payment. You see, now he's in heaven. And Ken said one thing I'll never He said, you know, and Chad reiterated as they were eating, he would just sort of, he said, I think he's in shock, Dad. And he say, my son Dan's in heaven. You know, when Ken Gobb, first came to Salt Lake to preach, he gave the honorarium back. We were raising money, and the evangelist committed $500 a month for the church. My son Dan's in heaven. I'm telling you friends, this stuff works. And then Ken said, and I've I've led thousands of people to Christ over the years. I bet you a lot of them are saying, hey Dan, thanks for your dad. Why don't we go? We got something to shout about. God bless you. Have a great day. Peel on out of the parking lot so we can get the next group in. We love you in Jesus. Amen.